Welcome to the Sports Id Podcast. Uh, I'm Ian. I'm Drew. And Daniel's not with us today, so we're going to have uh, our friend Mark step in. Mark is uh, second string Daniel. <laughs> I'm the Nick Foles this week. Thanks for having me. <laughs> the way you said that with Daniel, it kind of sounded like he passed away. Daniel is no longer <laughs> no. with us this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, Daniel... Uh, Daniel's just not here. He's alive and well, but he's just not here today. So, uh, so just bear with us. Mark seems like he knows what he's talking about. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he does. I don't want to be uh, pleasantly su- or unpleasantly surprised. This but, is this uh, is a soccer podcast, right? <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> you want to do the plugs, Drew? All right, yeah, sure. Uh, Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash the sports id. You can follow us on Twitter at the sports id. Uh, and we also have our brand spank a new domain name up and running. So our new website is the sports Uh, you can also follow our sister blog, the cinema id. Uh, they are at the cinema Uh, and the Facebook is facebook.com slash the cinema id. Uh, do they have a Twitter yet, Ian? No. All right, so if you want to follow him on Twitter, too fucking bad. <laughs> no tweets for you. All right, so – oh, uh, side note. If you do follow us on Twitter, at uh, the sports id, we occasionally tweet during games. And if we get more followers, we will actually, like, make an effort at tweeting during games. But I think we have, like, nine followers right now. So, yeah. Uh, you can also email us any questions you have at uh, – it's – the sports id at gmail.com. Do we have any emails yet, Drew? No, still none. <laughs> I, I get excited every time my phone chirps because I have it set up on my phone, but then it's always just me getting junk mail. <laughs> I think I'm going to randomly send you emails. Do it. We won't know it's you. We'll have no idea. You can just pretend to be anyone you want. We'll be very excited. I mean, we'll have you on the podcast. Adolf Hitler <laughs> emailed us. Oh, my God. From the grave. <laughs> So, uh, so somebody guess, dug uh, him up I, and gave him a tablet. <laughs> I guess we give you a little background on Mark. Uh, Mark, who's your favorite team, Mark? Oh, I'm a born and raised in uh, in Wisconsin. I bleed green and gold, oh, like any any Wisconsin born person should. Oh, thank God. Any UP person. <laughs> but Drew likes Drew likes the Lions more than he likes the Packers. He told me. Oh, that's just horseshit. <laughs> That's all hearsay. If it wasn't recorded, it didn't happen. <laughs> no, I am a Packer fan, and it is it is nice that I am finally in the majority on this podcast. I will not be getting ganged up on, hopefully, this week. We outweigh and outnumber you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you guys outweigh me individually, so. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, Ian. Uh, I'm only I'm only like 220 right now. Aha. Yeah. I weigh the same as you. <laughs> <laughs> Greater than or equal to. It still counts. Hey, to me in the weight category a push is a win. <laughs> All right, so let's get the football talk started here. Uh let's start with our week 6 pick review which uh obviously only Ian and I can do because uh Mark doesn't have picks from last week. Um, we do have a ESPN pigskin pick'em group that uh, we have neglected to uh, 
inform you people about since I think week one. So uh, if you go on ESPN and look for the sports id in their pigskin pick 'em, uh, we're there. You can compete with us and lose terribly because we're super awesome and we know everything about sports. <laughs> so uh, let's let's talk about last week's picks a little bit. Uh, Ian, how many did you get right? I got twelve right, motherfucker. That's out of fifteen. That's insane. Yeah, yeah, I fucking I kicked ass. Blind squirrel finding a nut. <laughs> <laughs> he, he may have doubled his score. Yeah, well, I, no, I've been I've been doing well. You well, I mean, that's the best week you've well, I guess not by a whole lot. You did have an eleven point week in week three, but you had twelve points in week six, four points in week five. Yeah, but nobody got a lot of points in week five, dude. Come on. That's true. I got the least, but like, <laughs> you guys get a lot more than me. <laughs> you, only, you only got the least by one, so. Uh, the standings in Pick'em, if anybody cares, uh, Fan, Jason, is still winning with 53. I'm in second with 48. Ian is in third with 45, and Daniel's holding up the bottom with 43. Um, so you got 12 right this week. I got 10. I mean, that seems like a pretty high number. Do you think the games are just easier easier to predict this week, or we just actually know what the hell we're talking about? Now, why you got to say that just because I won this week. You got to <laughs> say that oh, these games are just easy to pick. No, I'm, well, I'm asking, and actually, as I'm looking now, it looks like like at least six favorites lost. So yeah. it's not easy to predict. One, two, three, four. Okay, only five. My bad. But still. Yeah, it's good. I, would, good I at, wouldn't uh, say Ian knows everything about sports <laughs> following a, a four-win week. <laughs> I'm still sticking with the squirrel. <laughs> I, picked, I picked the fucking Rams over the Texans. Come on now. Not many people were doing that. This Eight is... Balls. This is this is correct. Uh, you didn't happen to pick Oakland over the Chiefs, did you? Hell no. Who would do that? Okay. Raider fans. <laughs> uh, you did pick the Jets over the Steelers, actually, and so did I. And They imploded on themselves. Yeah. What happened there? Typical Jets behavior, I guess. Just I don't know. They've reached their peak for the season. No, I think it was just ine- inevitable that the Steelers finally put one on the board. I mean, I don't know if it's inevitable. I feel like if they <laughs> if they rock like a two and fourteen season, that's a that's a great great season for them with the talent they have on this team right now. Is that why they're so bad? Are they like lacking talent? Is that the problem? They're one. Well, one thing they're one dimensional. They do not have a running game whatsoever. Well, yeah. I mean, they've got they've got Le'Veon Bell, who I believe has some talent, but he's not. I mean, he started off the season with an injury, so he's going to be a little behind. It's going to take him a while to to kind of catch on and get his reps, like we talked about with RG three. Um, but yeah, they are they are one dimensional. I mean, when you're rostering Felix Jones and Jonathan Dwyer as running backs, uh, you're struggling. And for the most part, I mean, it was a uh, they don't really have an offense to finish drives. Um, I believe they had four field goals, maybe, something like that. Um, so they're doing just enough to get by, and I think the Jets are just a team that 
you could do enough just to get by, even on the road, to take that win. Yeah, the well, Jets. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You go. I was gonna say, well, what about the Packers then? Because the Packers kick a shitload of field goals every week too. The Packers are kind of having the same problem, but we'll we'll get to that uh, when we get to the Packer game. Uh, like you said, you can just do just enough to get by with the Jets. Yeah, they're they're really struggling too. Um, I mean, Bilal Powell, who is their best rostered running back, only had nine carries for thirty yards. I mean. <laughs> No touchdowns, two interceptions for Geno Smith. Only 200 yards. I, their team just can't get anything going. And again, it's it's a complete lack of weapons. I mean, it's they're very inconsistent. Like the week before, um, they played Atlanta in Atlanta, and they beat Atlanta at home. You know, they put up 30 points on the board. Then they go home the next week, and they only put up six points against. Uh, an arguably worse team in the Steelers. So it's, I mean, I, I don't think Geno Smith is anybody to cash your chips in on. Um, he played a great game against Atlanta, but he's definitely not somebody yet that can uh, can play consistently enough to to keep you get, getting W's. Yeah, I would I would certainly agree with that. Uh, let's move on to the. You want to do the lines at the Browns there, Ian? Uh, there's not much to say about that game. Lions won a game they they were supposed to win, so and that's all there is to that one, I guess. So we could say they are who we thought they were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could say that. I mean, if you thought they were going to win the NFC North, you could definitely say that. Oh, I don't. I wouldn't say that far. <laughs> you don't want to talk about uh, uh, Joe Bell, <laughs> Jaquarion <laughs> Bell. <laughs> What's up, Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep a little bit of Daniel in the podcast. Uh, yeah, Joyke Bell injured. Uh, I'm not sure on the specs on like how long he's going to be injured, but it didn't seem too too serious at the time. At the time, I'm thinking maybe one or two weeks he'll be out, and uh, this will give Mikel a short chance to play. So if he if he impresses, Detroit can maybe get a little <laughs> bit more for him in trade. I'm sorry, but if Mikel is sure is starting, just be prepared for him to fall down at the line of scrimmage. Oh, well, he's not I mean, starting. Reggie Bush, Bush, is, starting. Bush is still getting 15 to 20 carries in the backfield. So, I mean, it, at most, what, Joy Pell gets, what, 5 to 10 rushes for maybe 30 to 40 yards a week? Uh, yeah, kind, of a, kind of a short down, or been, short yardage down. He's been getting that amount of touches, but he's been getting more yards, uh, except for this week, obviously, and last week he had kind of a rough week. But otherwise, he's been getting 50-plus and an occasional touchdown in there. He's been he's been very impressive. He Mikel um, Shore is not Joyke Bell at all. Mikel Shore he's not like a receiving back. Uh, he's barely even a power runner. He's a lot like Trent Richardson in a sense where, you know, he he runs right into the pile. Doesn't like juke anybody out or stiff farming when just runs directly into his line. He likes vision and then power powers ahead for. For three, three and a half yards, you know, which I mean, it'll get you first downs, but <laughs> it's just, it's not going to get you a first down every single, every single time, you know. It's just, well, you're gonna, well, that, that's how the running's going to net you three yards a carry, unless you have a phenomenal front push from your, from your front five. You're not going to get much more than three yards a carry. You may break one every once in a while to get, you know, five or six, but 
that's going to net you three yards of carry, which really isn't going to – it's going to limit the amount of carries you get per game. Well, that's the thing about Detroit's line this year is their line has been, like, very uh, surprising, like, very impressive. Like, they've, they've been able to bust uh, Reggie Bush free a couple times on some, you know, 20, 30, 40-yard scampers. Yeah, we it's, talked about that a couple weeks ago about uh, – I think Daniel made the comment being able to drive trucks through some of the holes they're making. Yeah, they're – I mean, they're, they're doing their job for sure. Just Mikel O'Shore is not a good running back. But I'm hoping that he'll do something while he has the opportunity now so Detroit can, you know, get a little bit more if they choose to trade him, which I hope they do. We need more depth at receiver. Our receiving core isn't as good as we thought it was going to be. Speaking of receiving core, what about Joseph Foria? Kind of came out yeah. of nowhere. How about that guy? Uh, he's a fucking badass. He's got some sick moves for a white boy, and he knows it. Pretty uh, for a white guy. Exactly. You know, three tuggies. You know, he doesn't. He's 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 not really a full time tight end. He's red zone threat. Like that. Yeah, he's a sh- short yardage. Exactly. Red zone area. Guys, double tight end. He's six seven. You know, so he towers over a lot of people, and he's got he's got really good hands. You know, really good ball hawk senses and everything like that. You know, he's just he's really good in within twenty yards of a touchdown. So I, I imagine he's going to get a lot of touchdowns this year, but not a lot of yards and not a lot of targets. You know, he's got five touchdowns on seven targets. So, so like over fifty percent of the balls that he's catching are touchdowns. So what you're oh, saying is, when they're in the red zone. Whatever team they're playing, their defense should just be fucking glued to Foria. Well, then you got Reggie Bush to worry about. Um, you got Calvin Johnson to worry about. Detroit's a very good red zone threat team. It's just uh, it's a matter of getting like teams. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just Detroit's inability to complete, or maybe teams are game planning too good for Detroit. I don't, I don't know which it is, but they do have. Occasionally, they have a lot of trouble driving down the field. They didn't in the second half of this game, but I think that was had a lot to do with uh, Brandon Whedon handing over the momentum to him. I read this stat that in games that Brandon Whedon has played in, like every game this year, the Browns led at the at halftime, and in games that Brandon Whedon was playing in, the Browns are outscored uh, like fifty-eight to three in the second half. Like when Brandon Whedon's playing, like that's that's insane. Like that's that's a quarterback problem. That's not a team problem. No, I, I mean fifty-eight to three. That is kind of a defense problem, wouldn't you think? I well, mean, no. They they really if it was, that, if it that's was, ten points a half. I mean, I, it just seems like the the gap is so big. Like, yes, you could even it out a little by Brandon Whedon actually like throwing a touchdown and not a pick, but. I don't know, that gap just seems so big. It seems like the I mean, not that the defense is awful, but they're just they're on the field too much. So I guess Brandon it is kind Wien, of a Brandon Wien problem. He Brandon Wien's only played in I think three games this year. Is that right? Three yeah, games? I, I want to say that's right. I think yeah, he started the first two and then they switched to Hoyer in week three. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's twenty points a half. Like that's I mean the. It's, I feel so bad for the Browns fans because they had like they had all this momentum and things were looking good. They had Brian Hoyer, like holy fuck, where'd this guy come from? He's playing well. The team's playing well. The team's inspired. 
he busts his SCL or ACL and fucking here comes fucking back to Brandon Whedon. Forty five year old rookie Brandon Whedon coming off the bench. You know, it's funny, I read somewhere that the Browns fans posted on Craigslist looking for a quarterback to replace Brandon Whedon. <laughs> Not hard to get a better one there either. Yeah. Did you see his interception? You like shovel past it right to <laughs> the Andre Levy. <laughs> That's another thing I want to talk about is DeAndre Levy. He's uh he's playing at a Pro Bowl level for sure. He's got five picks, four four or five picks in six games at linebacker. He's been leading the team in tackles almost every game. Like he's just he's playing outside his head right now and He's from Milwaukee, just so you guys know. So you guys feel a little bit more pride. That's the dark that's the dark spot of Wisconsin. Did he go to U of M or uh, University of Wisconsin, Drew? I think uh, he did. I have no idea. Yeah, he's from he's from your guys' home state. So Well the I thing I thought the thing I thought you'd really want to talk about in this game is uh Chris Durham his kind of coming out party here. Eight for eighty three on thirteen targets. I mean, weren't you the one telling me to be terrified of Chris Durham when they played Green Bay? I mean, yeah, I wasn't really serious about it. I was <laughs> saying <some> shit. <laughs> but yeah, no, like he, I, I said a couple weeks ago that he played at Boise, and that's not true. He played at Georgia with Matthew Stafford, so they yeah, had they were they were roommates in college. Yeah, yeah, they have some chemistry to begin with, and you know when Calvin Johnson is on the field. Uh, stealing all the coverage, and, but Detroit's not throwing to him because he's injured. Like, they got to throw it somewhere, you know. And why not the the white guy that looks just is just as big as Calvin Johnson? You know, <laughs> that guy instead. Yeah. And he, yeah, he had a good game. I don't think he caught, did. He he didn't catch any touchdowns, did he? No, he didn't. Eight for eighty three is still really good. You know, that's that's Let- a good game. He's got, he's got what. Uh, twelve catches in the last two games, or something like that. Like he's got sixteen super- on the season. Sorry, twenty. Yeah, sixteen on the season. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah. Levy did go to Wisconsin, by the way. Yeah, there you go. Be happy about that. The more you know. Playing at a Pro Bowl level for your uh, rival team. <laughs> I, I I haven't considered the Lions a rival ever because your biggest threat for the NFC North right now. Well, right they, now. They've just been bad for so many years. Yeah, it's still hard to take them seriously. You just wait until they're the Red Wings of the NFL. <laughs> All right, so then let's move on to the Packer game then. Uh, Green Bay wins a terrible game here, 19-17. to uh, Was this as painful for you to watch as it was for me, Mark? You know, I just – we have a really hard time closing. Um, we've always have, and I've – I think a big part of that is play calling and playing prevent defense. Yeah. I think prevent defense should be taken out of the game altogether and play what you've been playing the whole game, regardless of you know how many points you're up in the fourth quarter. The the only time to play prevent defense is like fourth and twenty six and they're going for it, and then just fucking drop back eight, rush three. And you still throw a thirty five yard pass from Donovan McNabb yeah. to convert on fourth down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 tough to look at a 14-point fourth quarter to even bring them. This game was a lot further away than what the score shows 
to even think that uh, it came down to the last two minutes and a first down is kind of mind-blowing. Um, there's, what, four, four or five drives where we should have converted in a red zone. Four, I believe. I think we were over four on red zone attempts, which is absolutely ridiculous. Well, over for four uh, touchdown percentage. Uh, Crosby right, kicked, right. well, I guess 30 yards isn't really red zone, but yeah, he kicked uh, two 30-yarders, a 45-yarder, and a 50-yarder. Uh, so special teams player of the week again, let's hope. 30 is red zone. <laughs> you got 10 for the end zone and 7 for the spot. Okay, all right, yeah. So you're on the 13-yard line. Yeah. Just a chip shot. Well, I mean, you talked about them finishing. What about the start to this game? I mean, 6 nothing at halftime. They have a whole half of football, and Green Bay manages to score two field goals. Well, isn't that the same as the Lions game? Didn't they go in the half 6-3? Like, in the first two half, like yeah. the first half, two the last two games? Or, did they, they had a bye last week, correct? Two weeks ago. It was two weeks okay. ago. I mean, they've gone into two half times uh, with okay. only six points. Last week against the Browns, they went into halftime. Detroit went down, went in down seven to seventeen. Yeah, they're second half team. Yeah. I, I think the issue is now, and it's not necessarily an issue. It's just that since we have a running game, they try so hard at the beginning of a game to get the running game in motion to get their offense ahead uh, of momentum. Um, that it kind of slows down our explosiveness a little bit. Um, which is, you know, it might be directly correlated to why we're scoring some few points in the first half. Um, but our defense has stepped up tremendously this year. Yeah. And it's keeping us in games that our offense normally would put a, the game out of reach for. Yeah, cannot stress enough how well the defense is playing this year. It is, yeah, literally keeping us from being. 0 oh, and 5 right now. Like it AJ Hawk had 3 sacks in this game. I mean the defense is figuring out how to get it done even missing Clay Matthews and boy does it help having uh Burnett back now. Makes Burnett? That, yeah. Hayward will be coming back soon. Although Perry's out for I don't I'm not I'm not sure an undisclosed amount of time with the broken foot. Um but we've definitely had some bench defensive players step up big. Uh, Micah Hyde had a great oh. game. It seemed like he was on every in on every play. Yeah, he's he's doing a great job this year as a rookie. It's, I mean, Ted Thompson's got him some talent for spotting talent. I think, and he has he has for years. Oh, I mean, he's he's always been a draft building, you know, team or organization. Yeah, I was – last year I could not have been more surprised when they signed Cedric Benson even for, like, whatever it was, the league minimum. Um, Eddie Lacy, okay. 23 carries for 120 yards. I told so, you, man. That's Rookie a good year. Yeah, that's, what, a little over five a carry? Granted, he doesn't have the uh, you know the touchdowns to to show for it, but well, he's he's definitely 
they're almost always running him on either first down and way the hell far away from the red zone or uh, end of the game, just kill the clock. And sure. actually, that's another thing I wanted to bring up about Eddie Lacy. Having the the wherewithal to, to slide after getting that last first down, just go down, don't risk anything. Just You got the first down, just get down with the ball, protect it. I thought that was pretty smart. Should have let us. Showed a lot of intelligence there. Yeah, I saw that too. That was on one of the highlight reels that I watched. And, you know, I'm impressed. I hope he does win Rookie of the Year, not only because it'll make me right, but because uh, <laughs> because he's actually he's been really really impressive, and he's he's been doing a lot for the Green Bay offense. What happened? Being balanced, and don't quote me on the exact numbers, but I believe over the last two games, something like that, we were. 60 rushes, 64 passes. So we're ex- extremely balanced, and we've never been balanced. You say Green Bay has a running game, everybody's like, you know, calling bullshit. And we're actually ranked fifth in the league for a rushing offense, which probably hasn't happened since the mid-90s. Yep, I feel like part of, the, part of what's making this run game work is that, well, I mean, one, Eddie Lacy is talented, but... Two, like, the play calling has always kind of been like this. Like, even without a damn running back, Green Bay has always tried to, you know, when they get the lead late in the game, try to, well, not always, but uh, for the last couple of years, Mike McCarthy has tried to, you know, eat up clock, run the ball. And it doesn't work out so well when you've got James Starks or Alex Green or Dewan Harris doing it. But uh, it's working out a lot better with Eddie Lacy. And, I mean... The Packers I grew up watching, for the most part, was Amon Green just tearing up defenses. And I kind of like seeing a return to the running game. And Eddie Lacy isn't isn't the same kind of back at all. He's just a big body. But he finds a way to just rumble through. It's ridiculous. The first guy almost never takes him down. And he's got a little bit of wiggle for a big guy. He's made a, a couple of impressive... Uh, moves to to keep himself rumbling just a little bit farther. He always falls forward. And yeah. That's a big thing. That is huge. You know, you know, he's six foot tall and he falls forward. That's you know pretty much two yards. Um, and he kind of coined uh, his spin move in college, which is kind of whatever you know what he's known for. And he used it in this game. I mean, he's it's not always applicable, but I mean, it's I'm excited for the rest of the season to see what uh, what he's going to bring to the table. Uh, yeah, um, I was supposed to review my 13-3 uh, and three prediction for the Packers uh, in week five. <laughs> so I'm um, two weeks late, uh, and I don't think they're going 13-3 and three anymore. Uh, but I think 10-6 and six is, is certainly doable. Feasible. Yeah. Do you want to take back what you said about Dom Capers in week one? I don't remember what I said about Tom Capers in week one. I get very angry when I talk about Tom Capers. Well, you, you hear, uh, you know, beating off talking about the defense. But uh, it was week one or week two. You were hating, hating on Tom Capers pretty hard, saying he had to worry about his job and all this hullabaloo. Well, I mean, I, I, I guess, yes, I do want to take that back. Um or rather than take it back, point out that, like, I don't know if other Packer fans are like this, but 
every year for the first couple of weeks, the defense is pretty shitty, and I every year lose my shit. <laughs> and just, I blame it all on Dom Capers. <laughs> but, I mean, the bench player's stepping up, and, at le- you know, at least some of it's got to be Dom Capers. It can't just be that, like, Dom Capers is up there bumbling around, just closing his eyes and picking a defensive play, and then the players are just making it work. It's, you know, it's, for them to be playing this well, it's got to be Capers getting everybody in the right position and picking the right calls, which I wish to God Mike McCarthy would do. Because the play calling this year is just driving me insane. I think we need an offensive coordinator. I, well, yeah. Or I, give, I think give we Rogers need... the reins like Peyton Manning has in Denver. Yeah. Allow him to essentially call the, the, you know, the plays himself. I would be happy with either. I would like at about. Halfway through the third quarter, if McCarthy just handed over play calling to somebody else. Granted, I know they script the first 15, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, that you know, that can account for, you know, 25% of your, your game, essentially. Three drives. You usually get 10 to 12 drives in a game. Um, you know, d- depending on how, how the drives go, I mean, it could take up a portion of your game. But, I mean, Rogers' game intellect is extremely high. So I don't I don't see why he can't, you know, call from the line or he shouldn't have to audible every time because McCarthy's pulling a play out of his ass. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, the thing that kills me the most is like there'll be a, a like a second and four, or second and five, and Rodgers has been has missed the last couple of passes or there just hasn't been anybody open the last couple of passes, and they'll just. Dial up another pass. Meanwhile, six foot Eddie Lacy is back there, just waiting to rumble through any defensive line you put in front of him. And they're just not. I mean, they're giving him the ball a lot more than they've given the ball to like any other back in the last three, four years. But just, oh, I feel like all of his car, all of his carries and yards are coming late in games, and he should be moving the ball for him a lot more earlier in the games when it counts, helping them build up a lead and eat up clock, so they're not always in a two-minute defensive, holy shit, don't ruin this position in every game. Right. I mean, in, in his defense last week, he, you know, busted out 30% of his yardage for the whole game in the first two plays. Yeah. But I understand what you're saying where <laughs> we're trying to run the clock out and that's where he's getting most of his yards. I want to see, you know, third and one or even fourth and one if we decide to go for it, you know, based on field position. We're on the 40. You know, punting's kind of a moot point. Uh, you don't really trust uh, Crosby to you know kick a 55 yarder, so you go for it on fourth and one, you know, off the 40 yard line or 35 yard line or whatever the case may be. I'd like to see him use the running game. I mean, he's averaging four and a half to five yards carried throughout the season. I mean, give him a shot. I mean, that I I feel like people tentatively believe in the rushing game in Green Bay, but they don't want to fully put all their chips on the table yet with the rushing game. And they'd rather leave the ball in Rodgers' hand. I mean, I, I grant he's a rookie, you know, so I see where they're coming from. But if, I mean, if we're if we're capable of riding his back to the playoffs, ride his back to the playoffs. Yeah, give him give him the chance to fail. Give him the chance to look bad because so far he hasn't. And if it's fourth and one on the forty, and and they trot him out there, I have the utmost confidence. That I mean, it's only been a few weeks, and he's a rookie, and I still 100% believe he will get that first down 99 times out of 100. So give him the chance to fail, at least. 
He's consistent. Yeah. He's not the most explosive back. He doesn't, he's not the fastest, but uh, he's got great vision, and he's a, a truck to bring down. Holy shit. Just, his, just give him a shot. His vision, do you understand, Ian, how refreshing it is for a Packers fan to watch a Packers running back not run at the pile? <laughs> uh, yes. I do, actually. <laughs> it is, oh, my Detroit God. Detroit hasn't had just, a running game since the late 90s. Just waiting for an ass fumble. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think that's that's enough on the Packers now. Uh, but let's leave it in the NFC North for just a minute so that we can talk about Josh Freeman. Does this matter at all? Uh, I, don't, I think it's a mood point. Ian, you had something to say. I hear you giggling. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, give him a chance. Why not? Fucking Matt Castle ain't doing shit. <laughs> Christian Ponder's sucking dick. You know, why not just, I mean, throw free, throw Freeman in there. Maybe he'll do something like he did in Tampa Bay a couple of years ago where he was playing outside of his fucking mind. Maybe all he needed was a change of scenery. Like, who knows? Give him a chance. Why not? Okay. I think they have a better option running the Wildcat with Adrian Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> I think they have a better option just having Adrian Peterson as their quarterback. I mean, I'm just going to I'm gonna tweet my number to Leslie Frazier and say, hey, look, <laughs> if you're giving anybody a shot, you know, I'll take the league minimum. I won't even sign a contract. <laughs> I, I don't know. It could have been the system. It could have been that he just he wasn't comfortable in Tampa Bay this year. Um, you know, there's there was a lot of uh, chit chatter in the background about substance abuse or something like that, and um, him not feeling comfortable, him not being promoted or viewed as a captain of the team. Um, a lot of extracurricular things that were off of the field, which could have associated to his failures on the field. I mean, he's he's connecting, you know, 45% of his passes. He's got two TDs and three picks and a fumble. Uh, as far as his numbers are concerned, his execution at Tampa Bay, they're garbage. Arguably, Tampa Bay has better receivers than the Vikings. That's my point of view. Um, I really don't think Greg Jennings is that great. I think he was great because he was with Aaron Rodgers. Um, and you really can't. I mean, there's not very – like Jerome Simpson is a receiver in Minnesota. They don't really have a Vincent Jackson or a Mike Williams. You know, those two guys are great receivers. Uh, well, while I don't think this matters in the long run – well, actually, uh, first you're talking about his off-the-field issues. That was actually um, – he often did not go to team meetings or, like you said, there's a lot of extracurricular stuff. I'm not sure if any of it was actually uh, substance-related, but – Basically, it was him not being a leader at all, uh, and the whole team, the whole organization looking down on him for it. And I'm sure he was a little resentful, uh, you know, being a young guy who wants to be an NFL quarterback. And when sure. the whole organization just kind of loses faith, it's got to be hard, yeah. Well, I mean, but what happened to get him to that point? Why did he not feel like he was a leader even though he was the starting quarterback of the team? I mean, it's I feel all... like I feel like something that happened to lead up to this point where he was just like, he had the case of the fuckets. You know, well, yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's all his fault, but I mean, he's he's a twenty five year old kid, right? I mean, so am I, and it's not like I fuck. If I was in Tampa, I probably would have fucked it up way worse than he did. So uh, <laughs> that's the that's debatable. I mean, you got my vote, Drew. <laughs> um, I mean, you were saying Tampa has better receivers, and yeah, Tampa has better receivers, but I think 
while this doesn't matter in the long run, the Vikings are still going to be a terrible team, and uh, Freeman will be lucky if he wins six games this year. Like, absolutely, insanely lucky if he wins six games this year. Uh, I do think he could have a good week either this week or next week, depending on how much of the playbook he learns, just because fucking Adrian Peterson's on that team. And if you don't stack the box, Adrian Peterson's going to fucking run all over you. And if you stack the box, he's still probably going to run all over you. But you got to at least try yeah, so, well, my my thing with that is, I mean, he's not an accurate passer, and he doesn't know the system in Minnesota. So I don't. Maybe three to four weeks, I'll give him. He may have, in, you know, a, a showing in a game. Uh, you know, strictly based on if you tried enough times, it may work. Type of thing. I just I don't feel like he is any better. I don't think Tampa Bay is any better of a situation other than the politics than Minnesota as far as uh, a cohesive team. And I don't think Josh Freeman's any better than a Matt Castle or a Christian Ponder. I think it's just them, you know, throwing a fistful of darts at a dartboard, hoping to hit a bullseye. Uh, I would argue that he is better than Christian Ponder, and he, which isn't hard to do. And he's better than Matt Castle, but I wouldn't say it's by a lot. He's not the most accurate passer, but he's got a stronger arm than Ponder, which, again, I have a stronger arm than Ponder. Um, again, he's not going to do great this year, and like I said, I can see him having one or two good weeks, and he'll get lucky if he wins a couple of games. But it's it's not going to matter in the long run. I think we're we're all agreed on that. Josh Freeman's going to be another one of those career. I mean, if he's lucky, he's going to be another career backup. He'll he'll probably start out the rest of the season barring any injury, and then at the end of the year, he'll just bounce around. I mean, if all the off se- or off a uh, outside of game. Yeah, there you go. That's that's what it's for. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. <laughs> the uh, off the field antics and shit like that. If all that is true, then I mean, I hope he fails because he obviously doesn't have his fucking shit together. You know, that's that's the example of poor work ethic. It's like Jamarcus Russell. In two years, we're going to see him giving an interview on ESPN, crying, saying he wish he'd tried harder. <laughs> it's like that commercial, that one more commercial. Oh, yeah. I hate that commercial. <laughs> it's just so obnoxious. What's next, Drew? Uh, well, next up we got uh, Matt Schaub. Okay, just fuck everybody <laughs> who is in Houston and booed a professional athlete when he got injured. You oh, know, they cheered, they cheered for him. They didn't boo. Yeah, sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, fuck them. No, they didn't cheer for him. Okay, hold on. We got to clarify this. They didn't cheer for him. They cheered for his injury. Right. It's fucking... And it's poetic justice because they booed or they cheered. God damn it. <laughs> they cheered when he got injured. And then TJ Yates comes in and throws a pick six in the end zone. Like that. I, I laughed my ass off when I, uh, oh my God, I felt so good. And I bet Matt Schaub was like, there you go, fuckers. There you go. <laughs> That's what you're working with now. You know, he's been consistently inconsistent. He hangs up the ball too year, long. Well, just this year. Yeah, no, just this year. Because if you look at the last four years, his QB rating has been over 90. And for three of those years, it's been closer to 100 than 90. I mean, he he's a good quarterback. I don't know what the hell's going wrong this year, but he is not he's not a bad quarterback. I just I, – I can't figure it out. I don't know what he's doing this year. I don't know if he had, like, off-season back alley LASIK eye surgery or something, but <laughs> – <laughs> I, I think the, the the issue is 
they've been building up the Houston team for the last, you know, three or four seasons, and they're waiting for the peak. They're still waiting for the peak. I think they and what they don't realize is the peak happened like two years ago. Yep. And now they're all pissed off because they kind of missed their shot. So now they're going to blame it on whoever they can blame it on, whether it be Arian Foster underperforming so Ben Tate has a chance to shine, which I think Ben Tate should be starting somewhere next season. Um, but I, th- I think they missed their peak. And now that they have Schaub to blame for all the miscues, he's kind of their scapegoat for the lack of uh, payoff in the playoffs. There you go, payoff in the playoffs. That was nice, man. I don't <laughs> – I mean, I don't know if they, like, calling somebody a scapegoat implies that they don't deserve it. He is not playing well this year, and, like, throwing a pick six is, it's really hard for a team to win when a quarterback throws one of those, let alone throws it week after week after week. And like I said, he's a a good quarterback, and he'll be better, but them struggling this year does have a lot to do with his offseason back alley LASIK surgery. (laughs) But they still, like, T.J. Yates comes in, and I get, like, didn't he come in last year, or was it the year before? I think it was last it was year. La- I think it was last year, yeah. Yeah, he came in and was, like, really impressive. And now he comes in and fucking, Oakland, you know? Or he's surprised. I was making a uh, Oakland's going to sign guys and then not start them joke. <laughs> Matt Flynn. Didn't Matt, Matt Flynn. Flynn just, yeah. Didn't Matt Flynn just sign somewhere? Uh, I'm not sure. I thought he tried out somewhere. Oh, God, I hope not his, for the Vikings. His best bet, I think it was for the Bills. Uh, I think his best bet would be to try out for the Jaguars because all they'd have to do <laughs> is walk in and sign the contract. No, he signed with the Bills. He signed with the Bills yesterday. I I like the Bills, and I like Matt Flynn, so good for him, I guess. You know what's funny, though, is I read somewhere that he's like triple-dipping now. Because he signed with the Raiders, and they paid him for the whole year. And now he's signing somewhere else, and they're paying him for the rest of the year. Maybe double-dipping, I guess, is the is the phrase I should be using. And he's making, like, even without signing with the Bills, he was making, like, six-point-something million dollars. Oh, who traded him last year? Uh, Seattle. So maybe they had to still had to pay him something. But he was double-dipping <laughs> as it was, and he wasn't even playing. So he's he's set to make without even playing like six and a half or six point eight million dollars this year and hasn't even played anything. And they were they were comparing how like Russell Wilson and Andrew Luck and like all the rookie or second year starter quarterbacks all added together they didn't even come up to like half of what Matt Flynn is making and Matt Flynn's not even playing. That is a testament to his agent. That's something else, man. Yeah, he's got the best agent in the world. Yeah. He's gonna be third string in fucking <laughs> Dude, I guarantee it. Like, there's got to be something wrong with him, dude. That would break just my heart. If he was third string in Buffalo. I think he should come back to Green Bay. I think anybody in Green Bay besides Seneca Wallace would be amazing. Well, <laughs> why not take Matt Flynn back and pay him, you know, league minimum because he's garbage? He won't take league minimum. That's the problem. I mean, he, he happened to to uh, you know to shine for us for two games anyway, which is why he's made any money whatsoever. I think it's more of the system uh, that he was comfortable with allowing him to, to play those games. I mean, he's got like, I don't know, nine nine tuggies, one pick, and 800 yards passing for over two games with us as a, a you know, a backup. You know, that kind of paints a picture for everybody else in the league. And then he gets paid to be beat out by Russell Wilson. 
and then beat out by whoever the hell was starting in. Uh, they got Thad Lewis and Jeff Tool, and I mean, I guess Thad Lewis has a completion percentage of sixty and a quarterback rating of a hundred in his one game that he lost. Um, but how does Matt Flynn not get a shot over those two? Just just give him one game. I mean, he might get a shot. Maybe he's just so fucking lazy and practiced <laughs> that they sign him because he talks like he, he he's probably he could probably sell a bikini to an Eskimo. I mean, I don't even know. <laughs> he must be the greatest salesperson ever he just, to he sell just, himself prior to, to signing a contract and then just shows up to what comes in onto the field wearing Ugg, you know, slippers oh. for men. <laughs> there's no such thing I, as I, Ugg slippers for men. No, there is. <laughs> no, there no, there's is. Ugg slippers that people who think they're men wear, but there's no such <laughs> thing. Even if they make them with the label for men, anyone who wears those is not a man. Therefore, they're not for men. They're kind of comfortable. No, you, no, Jesus Christ, Mike. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be something wrong with them. There's like he maybe he has like a the Josh Josh Freeman Jamarcus Russell thing going on where he just he comes in he's like all right well I'm getting my money anyway so fuck you guys I'm gonna I'm gonna ride this bench it's just well, comfortable shit yeah if he's making six million to sit on the bench and just get bounced around I mean where is the incentive. He pads his pants with $100 bills, I guarantee it. Just make that bench a little bit more comfortable. All right, so do we want to talk about the uh, Dallas and Washington game here in honor of Daniel? Um, I mean, we can go into it a little bit. It's just, you know, RG3 looked like RG3 again. Uh, the team around him didn't really. Uh, he was <laughs> scrambling around a lot, and he's making a lot of plays by himself, but the team just couldn't – the team wasn't doing shit. I think Dallas kind of gave up this year already. Yeah, well, RG three hasn't because he's fucking playing his goddamn balls off. And I don't know. then he he still kind of had a, a bad game though. I mean, his. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like he was playing well. Like I was watching the game. He was reading the field well. The team just wasn't playing well around him. I mean, what really killed the the Redskins in this game was special teams, though. I mean, they <laughs> they gave up to one guy like 200 and some yards return yards to special teams. Yeah, that's I mean, that, that just that that's fourteen points right there, and they lost by what fifteen? I mean, if the game was closer, I mean, it's not like Alfred Morris didn't play well. I mean, he was sixteen carries for eighty-one yards and a TD. I mean, it's I don't know. Yeah, but a, a, a game where Tony Romo only throws for one hundred and seventy yards and one touchdown, and they win by fifteen points. What's what's wrong with uh, the Washington professional sports team's defense here? Giving up 31 points to that terrible Tony Romo performance. I mean, Demarco well, Murray had a touchdown, and Joseph Randall had a touchdown. I had to that pause just now was I had to look up his first name because I have no idea who the fuck that is. <laughs> Joseph Randall, that's the the backup running back. They got one other guy, um, which his name is escaping me right now, but Randall is tentatively starting next week. For all you fantasy people that need to pick up a flex that you're missing. <laughs> He could be possibly starting next week because of Murray's injury. You see that, Ian? Even when Daniel's not here, his replacement talks about fantasy. I had to pick him up. Get away from fantasy fucking football. God damn it. I didn't tell you about this beforehand, Mark, but this is this is a big deal. <laughs> to Ian. It's a big deal to Ian. Well, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. So uh, any other games you guys want to talk about or you just want to move on to picks? Uh, I, Just, you know, Patriots are fucking awesome. Uh, they shouldn't have won that game, and they did. How was that awesome, well, then? <laughs> what? It was surprising to me. I was pulling for Buffalo, too, to, to uh, pull the upset with, uh, with Cincinnati. Thad Lewis in his first start. That would have been awesome. He 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 was on Detroit's uh, roster in the preseason. Uh, it would have been nice to see him get a win. And, uh, I guess Jacksonville, you know, not really. It wasn't like a super close game, but at least splitting up a little bit of a fight was actually really surprising. You know, they got they got a good coach in Gus Bradley, a coach that can inspire them to put up 19 points on the Broncos. You know, I mean. I, they'll win a game this year. They'll win at least one game this year. I'll say that right now. They're not they're not as bad as the Detroit Lions of 2008 were? 2007? Well, yeah, I mean, the best thing about Jacksonville in this game was that they gave the ball to MJD 20 times, and they – Chris Henney started. Chad Henney. What did I just say? Chris. Chris. Oh, son of a bitch. I know it's Chad Henney. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I guess, yeah, there's not a lot to talk about in this game. Except, I, I, I guess, yeah, I am just absolutely flabbergasted that Jacksonville put up 19 points. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Denver's defense isn't all that it's cracked up to be. I mean, they have the defense of the Packers, you know, two or three years ago where – they're giving up points and yardage, but nobody can keep up with their offense, so it really doesn't matter. So I guess I don't – I mean, that's what, three scores? Yeah, and only one of them offensive. I guess that's the, the difference there. I mean – The kicker. Yeah. Not the kicker, but the kicker. <laughs> well, I mean, MJD had a touchdown, and then there was a defensive touchdown, and then, yeah, the field goal. But Let's talk about kickers for a while. You guys want to talk about kickers? No. Not at all. <laughs> Ian, Ian loves kickers. He loves him some leg. Some hairy man leg. <laughs> I love it. I'm grasping it. I wanted, to, I wanted to touch base on, if, if we're done with uh, with that game, I'd like, yep. I'd like to touch base with the uh, the San Diego-Indianapolis game. Yeah, uh, it is. I, I thought, I, I mean, you can go ahead first. I got some opinions on that as well. I mean, I, I didn't watch the game, but I just kind of look at even numbers as a whole. Uh, Indianapolis has been playing phenomenally well. This year, I mean, they they've pretty much taken the NFC West and smacked it around like a schoolgirl, and then they play against San Diego in San Diego and only put up nine points. When they put up thirty four on Seattle, twenty seven on San Francisco. Well, as Daniel would uh, be the first to point out, uh, if you were here, stats aren't everything. Well, yes, stats aren't everything, and <laughs> a lot of the Colts' points have come from. Uh, defensive plays, uh, either returns or like interceptions returned for touchdowns, or I mean stuff like that. And I made the case at the beginning of the year, and he argued with me that it's difficult to predict that and to keep it up over the length of a season. And he argued with me then, but then last week when we talked about the Colts, he said that there's no way they continue that. It's they're going to start struggling. So I mean. Which is it? I mean, I will. I I watch this game. Uh, a better part of this game, 
and like I'm an Andrew Luck believer. The like he was he was playing outside his mind. He was playing awesome football, and the uh, the defense just couldn't hold the Chargers' offense very well. The Chargers, like the Chargers, were able to get into the Colts' territory, you know, with relative ease. But then at around the thirty or forty yard line, the the Colts would hold them there, and that's why they kicked so many field goals. They could they couldn't finish. But uh, kickers. Right. Fucking <laughs> go Adam Vinatieri and uh BJ Novak. Not BJ Novak. What the fuck am I talking about? Nick Novak. His name's Novak though. Nick. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Isn't BJ Colts Novak the guy from the office? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Colts were able to get into the into the Chargers territory too, but it was like the forty nine yard line and then the Chargers would stop them and they'd end up punting. Um but the Colts did look good. I was impressed. I'm an Andrew Luck believer. I think he's going to be a better quarterback than RG3 will. I mean, with the head start he's already got this year, it's kind of hard to take you up on a bet like that. But I was I, saying it as if Daniel was here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would have blown a gasket right there. Um, I got I to gotta take issue with you saying that Luck was playing out of his mind. Um and I know we just said stats aren't everything, but I'm the stat guy, and I didn't watch this game. So I'm looking at the stats, and his QBR was 42.5. And, and he only threw for 200 yards and an interception. I mean, and I'm sorry, that, that QBR, that's not quarterback rating. Uh, that's like a, it's a quarterback index out of 100, so 42.5 out of 100. That's bad. I mean, it's the same, it was the same thing, though, with the, uh, the Redskins Cowboys game, like RG three looked really really good in that game. The team just wasn't playing well around them. I mean that that's all I could say about it. They couldn't run the ball at all. It was all on Andrew Luck scrambling, making plays, and uh, finding. It, there were a lot of drops in that game too. Yeah, I'm like looking Reggie at it. I'm looking had at four it. drops, I think. No, I'm looking at it now. Uh, Wayne had three drops. Hilton had three drops, and Fleener had three drops. Yeah, there were a lot of drops. That's a lot of drops. Like, yeah. Okay, Mr. Third Down, Reggie Wayne, dropped three third down passes. Like, that's that's retarded. You know? Uh, anything else in that game? No, I just wanted to touch base on it just because it was uh, one that I had picked that went the other way. Yeah, same here. I picked the Colts in that one and didn't work out so well for me. All right, so let's move on to this week's picks then. Uh, and let's start out with tomorrow's game, the Thursday game, uh, the Seahawks at the Cardinals. Uh, I got the Seahawks in this one. <laughs> There's no way fucking <laughs> uh, Carson Palmer is going to beat the Seahawks. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even not laugh while you're saying it. <laughs> it's a hypothetical, and you can't not laugh. Oh, man. This no is, you know, <laughs> this is how I'm going to roll with this. I'm calling upset of the week. That's what I'm oh, calling. Shit. First pick. That's as, dangerous. As, yeah, as much like. as much trash as you guys talk about Carson Palmer. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> don't throw me in with that because when they talk trash about Carson Palmer, I'm always defending him. I don't think he's terrible, and I think he's good enough to beat the Seahawks. I don't let, think. Let, he's... let me bounce this off you. All right. The last two home matchups that they played, Arizona and Seattle, went to Arizona, and this game is being played in Arizona. Okay, and so. Seattle's last three games, they haven't been playing that well. 
Uh, I believe two were away, one was at home. Uh, one went into overtime, one they lost, and one they barely won. Uh, they so, need to bring back the read option. That's what needs to happen. I'm, I'm just, I'm calling upset of the week. I think, uh, I think Arizona can pull it off. I think Arizona has a uh, really good defense, and I think Carson Palmer is underrated and Russell Wilson is overrated. But I still can't take the Cardinals in this game just because of the Seahawks defense. Like, if it if it comes down to it, the Seahawks defense is gonna gonna win this for them. Whether they have to return a touchdown to do it or they just make a big stop, they're gonna do it. So I'm taking the Seahawks in this one. Uh, next up. Uh, we've got the Sunday games. We've got the Buccaneers at the Falcons. Uh, I got the Falcons in this one at home. I know they haven't been great this year, but I think they can pull it out against the 0-5 Buccaneers. I'm going to have to agree. I mean, I'm going I'm to say no Julio, no problemo. I mean, they, got, <laughs> they, got, they got Tony Gonzalez, who's, you know, the white one. You know, he came back. He's not the gray Tony Gonzalez. He's the white Tony Gonzalez. Uh, he just... Ageless. It's racist. The grand no, it's not racist. It's a play on board. <laughs> uh, I mean, Roddy White's been shoddy all year with the hamstring issues, and uh, Steven Jackson's in the same boat. They're both taking, you know, turns pedaling. Uh, split carries between Rodgers and Snelling. I don't think I don't think either one of those are injured. I think they'll have enough firepower offensively at home to be able to beat the Buccaneers, who I believe are on five. They are. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Falcons in this one, too. The Bucks still winless. I don't think they're going to lose every game, but this isn't one of the ones they're going to win. Even though it looks like Atlanta's right for the picking, I still think. At home, I've said this before, if you guys have never been to the Georgia Dome, holy shit, uh, go there and watch a Falcons game. Because the last, the only game I've seen at the Georgia Dome was a game where the Bucks came to play against the Falcons and... It started out like kind of close, but that was back when the Falcons were a lot better. By by halftime, the crowd was insane. I'm surprised that Freeman could hear anything down there, like at all. So I think if you got a a, a, a rookie quarterback or a young quarterback who's not too good, it's it's just not going to work out well for him. And the Falcons are going to find a way to do it. I, mean, I think Glennon will throw for some yards, but I don't think it's going to matter. All right, uh, next up we got the Bills at the Dolphins. Uh, I think it goes without saying, but I'm going to pick the Bills in this one, <laughs> as I always do. Go Bills. <laughs> With Thad Lewis starting, you know, it's it's in Miami. I'd like to think that it's iffy just because he's a rookie. He played out of his mind last week, and they still lost at home against Cincinnati, but I think Cincinnati's a better team than what Miami is. Um I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. It'll probably be close, but if Thad Lewis plays anything like he played last week, I think the Bills take an upset uh, in Miami. Uh, I'm going to take the Dolphins here. Um, of course. I've, I've, <laughs> I said it a couple of weeks ago. I think the Dolphins are real. Uh, I like the talent on that team. I like Lamar Miller, and I think Tannehill's going to bounce back, and they'll pull this one out. Uh, next up, we've got the Bears at the Redskins. Oh, Son of a Redskins. Bitch. The Bears at the Washington professional sports team. <laughs> Redskins. Look at the Redskins. Easy. That's not happening. That, that's not happening easy. It's not happening hard. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the Redskins secondary is just so iffy. Um, Cutler has been playing extremely well the last couple games. Uh, he's got two huge receivers, Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall. 
uh, and Forte is always a power to deal with. Um, I, I don't think they could, even if no defense showed up on either team, I don't think that the you know the uh, the offensive power that Washington brings can match uh, what, what Chicago's bringing. I'll take Chicago over the Washington football team. <laughs> yeah, as much as it pains me, I'm going to have to take the Bears here too. Moving on. Um, we got the Bengals <laughs> at the Lions. Um, this game is interesting because Cincinnati is one of them win, win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game teams. They lost last week, so you don't know what team you're going to run into. But I'm, I mean, I'm still going to pick the Lions. Lions are at home, 4-2, and two, feeling good. Yeah, I got the Lions. Uh, I'm picking the Lions as well. Uh, not really for the same reasons. I think the win the game, lose the game thing, I think with Cincinnati, um, they're going to run away with the AFC North just because there is no other team that can even compete with them in the AFC North. It doesn't really matter what the record is going to end up being. Um, but they're a completely different team at home, and they're playing in the Lions' den, and I don't think their D is as strong or even their momentum is as strong when they're not playing at home. And there's a lot of firepower on Detroit's sidelines. And Calvin Johnson had a meh game last week. I don't. I didn't watch the game, um, but I know he only had like 30 some yards on three catches or something like that. I'm looking for him to come back and have a big game this week. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Lions in this one too. Um, they're both four and two teams. They're both wishy-washy teams. Uh, but I like the weapons a lot better on the Lions, and I like that it's a home game, so that's kind of the tiebreaker for me. Uh, so I'll take the Lions in that one. Uh, next up, we've got the Cowboys at the Eagles. Uh, I liked what I saw from the Cowboys. They looked like they were playing a really fast game. I'm not sure if it was because it was uh, because it was a Sunday night game, primetime game or not, but you know they looked good. I liked them. They looked like they were a lot better than the Eagles have looked. So I got the Cowboys. I got. I think Tony Romo can carry the momentum from the Dallas game over, or from the Denver game. You know, he carried it through last game, and I think he can carry it into this game as well. See, I think he's going to fall on his face. They're playing in Philadelphia. Uh, I think Nick Foles, uh, you know, shadowing myself as Nick Foles this week. I think he's going to have a big. I think he's going to have a big game. I think he's going to throw for three tuggies and probably three hundred fifty yards because. Dallas is secondary. Face it is absolutely garbage, and uh, Peyton Manning showed us all that. Granted, he shows everybody that their secondaries are garbage, um, but I'm, I'm thinking Foles is. You know, I think I think they're gonna have 500 yards of offense in this game, and it's just gonna Philly's gonna ignite the big D in the big P. <laughs> wow, that was amazing. I'm going to get to follow that. That one's going great to Daniel. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. All right. Well, um, I'm going to take the Eagles in this one. Uh, They're at home. Uh, As Daniel likes to point out, Dallas likes to drop division games. So (laughs) I'm just taking the Eagles in this one. I, I, I have no faith in DeMarco Murray and... Hopefully Tony Romo struggles because I kind of want the Eagles to win this one. So, well, as of right now, DeMarco Murray's not even set to play. Oh, that's right, that's right. It's uh, yeah. Randall something Joseph Randall. Yeah, Joseph Randall and um, they have another Tanner. guy too, Philip but Tanner. he's uh, Philip Tanner injured Philip possibly. 
Philip Tanner. Just gonna keep saying. Stop Philip. saying <laughs> Philip Tanner. God damn I'm just, it. I'm just so proud that I remember who Dallas's third string running back is. Uh, <laughs> but I had to look up the guy in front of him's first name. Um, all right. So next up, we've got the Rams at the Panthers. Uh, I got uh, Scam Newton and the Panthers. Is that one for Daniel? Yep. Shout out to Daniel. Scam <laughs> Newton. Uh, yeah, though they're gonna the Rams won't be able to to carry that momentum. They're another one of them wishy-washy teams. Um, more more washy than wishy. I'm not quite sure what that means, but I hope it means that they lose more than they win. Uh, yeah, the, the 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 Panthers will win this game for sure at home, definitely. I'm gonna say the same thing. Uh, Carolina has a couple losses this year. One was uh, against Seattle, which was a close close er game. They had a close one with Buffalo. Otherwise, most of their victories have been blowouts. Um, they're playing at home, and I don't like like uh, Ian said. The Rams aren't going to be able to carry the momentum over from the Texans game just because it was against the Texans and nobody really cares. And everybody's kind of pissing all over them, R. Kelly style. Uh, so I'm definitely <laughs> taking Carolina this week. Oh, yeah, uh, I can't keep following everything Mark says, so I'm just going to take the Panthers. Uh, moving on. Uh, we got the Patriots <laughs> at the Jets. Uh, big win for the Patriots. Close win. Uh, Jets. Um, Jets are hard to read. They're really bipolar. Uh, I don't think... I, I mean, the, the Patriots are a team that loses to the Bengals, but then goes on and wins against the Saints in, like, amazing fashion. Uh, so, the, I mean, this one is, like... What's... The picks... Like, the bars next to the picks don't show how close this game could actually be. Uh, the Jets usually play pretty well against the Patriots. Uh, this is actually going to be going to be a really close game, but I think I'm going to take the uh, the Jets in this one. Holy shit, I was fucked up. I'm going to take the Jets in this one. I am not going to take the Jets in this one. This this is I'm going to roll this Patriot sandwich. Hold the mail, Rod Mail, Rod Mail out for the season. Did, how much? How much time before the podcast did you spend writing these jokes? <laughs> I'd be lying if I said this is all. <laughs> this is all ad lib, uh, but definitely uh, Gerard Mayo up for the season. He's the heart and soul of that defense. Minus Vince Wilfork. Vince Wilfork went out. I think week one or week two. Two of the biggest defensive players for uh, for New England. Um, I think Bilal Powell will have a huge game, being that Mayo and Wilfork will not be opposing on the other side of the trench. Um, with that said, even playing in New York, well, technically New Jersey, I think Tom Brady will still find a way to get the W. Oh, my God. That was amazing. That was so funny. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, I think it's going to be the Patriots in this one, um, and I'm going to argue with the Bilal Powell is going to have a good game, uh, partially because he's on my fantasy team, therefore he must suck. Uh, and also because Chris Ivory is going to be splitting carries with him, and Bilal Powell should just be getting all the carries there. But he's he's not. I I fuck if I can figure out why. So I mean, Patriots. Next up, we got the uh, Chargers at the Jaguars. Uh, it's uh it's really really difficult to pick the Chargers in every game, even though I kind of hyped them up a little bit earlier on. Uh, I. 
they're going to win a game, but it's not going to be against the Chargers, I don't think. Uh, they don't have an intimidating home stadium at all. Uh, barely any fans show up to those games, and when they do, they're not into it. You've you all them? seen the gift. I think they have I mean, free sandwiches. They're extremely <laughs> friendly. Patriot sandwiches? Hold the mayo? Um, exactly. <laughs> I got the Chargers. <laughs> I'm not to agree with him. Uh, I, I mean, if the, if the Jaguars are going to win one or two this year, I don't think it's going to be it, you know, against San Diego, even if it's in Jacksonville. Uh, looking for Philip Rivers to continue his onslaught of secondaries, throwing for, you know, three, three fifty, a couple tuggies. Danny Woodhead, who's on my fantasy team, have a big day, 20 some points, you know, something like that. Uh, can I just say that every time you guys say tuggies, I like gag a little bit? I, I hate it so much. Blame Daniel. Yeah, Daniel brought that on us. All right. Um, I, too, am taking the Chargers in this game. If I don't think Jacksonville is going to go 0-16. I think they're going to go 1-15 because I think they're going to bring it to the Browns in Cleveland on December 1st. <laughs> so I'm saving my Jaguars pick for then. So uh, I wonder the if there's still goals. tickets available. <laughs> <laughs> you just made the same joke. <laughs> All right, so taking the charges in that one. Uh, next up, we've got the afternoon games. We've got the 49ers at the Titans. Uh, upset with the uh, the Titans. Go Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> I, they were talking about Locker possibly coming back, I thought, this week. Or was that just hearsay? Uh, whatever. Go Locker. <laughs> go, go Titans quarterback. <laughs> I, I I gotta take the Niners. I mean, I don't I don't see any feasible way. I mean that they're attempting to try to get a wild card spot, but and I'm it's funny that we're saying this in week seven. Um, but I don't. I mean, Kansas City lit them up. Seattle lit them up. I don't see why the Niners are going to be any different. They have a, a very tough schedule, and they're just not going to catch a break. They're going to get shit on every week. Uh, I, I don't think Jake Locker is going to start this game. His hip injury, he's supposed to miss at least three weeks. Um, and I think I think this is only week two, right? I believe so. I, I don't know if they he just didn't practice today. or I guess I'm not 100% up to date on his, his injury status. I'm well, uh, I mean, I give them a better chance of winning with Ryan Fitzpatrick anyway. Um, my Fitzpatrick love is well documented. Uh, but <laughs> I I don't see them pulling one out over the 49ers, who I think are struggling more than their 4-2 and two record shows, but I still think they'll, they'll squeak this one out, even though it's, it's in Tennessee. Uh, next up, we've got the Browns at the Packers. I don't think there's any way that Brandon Whedon will beat another team in the NFL, which is why I agree with you that the Jaguars are going to fucking light them up December 1st. <laughs> uh, Green Bay is going to take this game. It's not going to be a landslide. You know They'll make it interesting in the first half, but Green Bay will win it in the second for sure. But, yeah, Green Bay is taking this one, definitely. So I think it's going to be a blowout. I, mean, I don't. I don't. With our defense, I don't think 
Brandon Weeding is he's just going to curl up in a fetal position. He's literally not going to know what hit him. It's I mean with the way our defense is playing right now, unless they just you know Dom Caper steps up and says, "Hey, wait a minute," uh, I think it's going to be a blowout. I mean, I think I think Del the Browns will be lucky if they score ten. You know what? I I just thought of something. Uh, if the Packers' defense breaks Brandon Whedon, knocks him out of the game somehow, uh, that's actually better for the Browns, and it would make the game closer. Uh, but I'm still taking the Packers in this one because there's there's just no way that the Browns are going to win this game at all. Uh, next up, we've got the Texans at the Chiefs. The still undefeated wow. Chiefs. <clears throat> I'm going with Chiefs for two reasons. Three, re- three reasons. I just revised uh, my pick. <laughs> On the fly. Uh, Chiefs, um, they look really, really good. I like the team. That's reason number one. Number two, they're at home. And Arrowhead Stadium, yeah, it's a big stadium. They still play Arrowhead? Yeah. Yeah. Reason three, fuck the fans of the Houston Texans. I want them to lose every game from here on out. Seriously. I'm irate with the Houston Texans fans. It's just another reason for me to hate Texas. Can you call them them fans if they spend 99% of their time screaming at Matt Schaub? No, you can't. The Houston Texans haters that call pay, pay to but hate with an F, so it correlates with fans. We'll call them phonies. <laughs> He's still writing jokes during the podcast. <laughs> I'm going to take the Chiefs as well. I mean, I think Andy Reid going to Kansas, Kansas City's always been consistent. They just never had that punch. Um, I think Andy Reid going to Kansas City – Bringing Alex Smith there. Maybe Alex Smith was there before. No, I think he brought him in. Um, gives him a consistent quarterback. They've always had Jamal Charles, Dwayne Bowe, and I think TJ Yates is so wobbly that you heard it here. They're going to extend their streak to six games in a row with the pick six. I'll take the Chiefs. What are you uh, laughing about? Uh, yeah, I'm taking the, the Chiefs in this one too, but I was laughing when he – uh, said punch, and then a second later said Alex Smith. Because when I think Alex Smith, I don't think of punch. I think of uh, like dink and dunk. He's not the punch. He he keeps the the offense afloat just long enough for Jamal Charles to spark it. Uh, but I mean, even I feel like even if they had no offensive weapons on this team, and their weapons their weapons are pretty limited. I don't believe in Dwayne Bow at all. And but Jamal Charles is obviously a monster. Uh, the defense, I think, alone could win them this game. And, yeah, if – I mean, if they don't get a pick six in this game, I would be absolutely stunned. I'm going to be disappointed. I'm yeah. not going to lie. <laughs> right. I think I'm going to buy the jersey of whoever gets the pick six. <laughs> and then I'm going to change my profile picture to me wearing a Kansas City Chiefs jersey. Oof. I mean, well, that's tough. Yeah, well, all right. Uh, next up, we've got the last of the Sunday night games. We've got the Ravens at the Steelers. Uh, Ravens. I don't even want to talk about it. It's Ravens. You know, this game is going to be boring, in my opinion. Uh, they're playing in Pittsburgh. They're both AFC North teams that are struggling. Um, one more so than the other. You know, the Ravens might have a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, or they would hope to like to see some of that. We have to pay Joe Flacco $22 million a year. Um, 
I think this game is not going to be very high scoring, but I'm definitely going to pick the Ravens in Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, I'm taking the Ravens too. I mean, Baltimore would have lo- looked a lot better this last week if Green Bay hadn't shut down Ray Rice. I think he had like 37 yards or something. Uh, and the Steelers, there's no way they're going to do that. So if Baltimore does what they should here, or what they should in every game, which is just give Ray Rice the ball however you have to do it, either hand it off or short pass or fucking streak him down the field if you want, just get the ball in his hands, uh, they'll run away with this one. See, I really wanted them to give the ball to Ray Rice 25 times so he could break that record. What record? They're like, they're like 42 and 0 anytime Ray Rice carries the ball 25 uh, times or more. <laughs> yeah. That, that would have been really nice to see. A nice Dude, defensive. 20. I mean, it would be a nice defensive stat for Green Bay. Nothing is ever going to wipe clean, uh, fourth and 24, 23. I see it listed differently every time I fucking look it up which is usually only late at night with, like, a bottle of scotch. Um, <laughs> but I, I have no idea where the fuck I'm going with this right now. I just – the Steelers are not going to win. That's all I got. That's uh, good enough for me. All right, next up – <laughs> Next up, we've got the Broncos at the Colts. Sunday now, night. This, is, this is my upset of the week. Uh, I'm picking Andrew Luck and the and the Colts to take out the Broncos. They're at home. You know, uh, I heard Peyton Manning advised the Colts to draft Andrew Luck, which is, I mean, it's kind of like a cool little thing that now they're meeting up and they're both got they've both got good teams. I think I think the Colts will bounce back and hand Denver their first loss of the season. Um. I don't know if I can completely agree with that. Um, I mean, Indianapolis is going to play tough at home. But Indianapolis also has one of the worst rushing defenses in uh, in the NFL. So I'm, I'm going to take a stab and say no, Sean Moreno is going to have a big game. And I don't know, even playing at home, that they're going to be able to keep up with Peyton Manning. Um, Peyton Manning knows that stadium in and out. They're going to honor him when they come in, um, and I believe Jim Irsay said that, or somebody said that, that when Peyton Manning does come back to Indianapolis, they're going to praise him and, you know, cheer for him or whatever and welcome him back. It's not going to be like a boo fest. Um, I, I, I got to think that Peyton Manning is going to take this one anyway. Uh, yeah, I'm taking the Broncos in this one. I believe in Peyton Manning. Uh, I mean, like you said, uh, I also heard, uh, Ian, that he suggested that the Colts take Andrew Luck. And frankly, if Peyton Manning told me to cut off my hand, I would ask him which one because he's Peyton Manning. And, like, when is he wrong? Almost never. So, I mean, I'll I'll applaud you for taking the Colts as an upset. And, I mean, I'd be surprised, but I think the Colts could possibly do it. But there's no way I can pick them in good conscience. I mean, it's, it's Peyton Manning. So I'm taking the Broncos in this one. Uh, last up, we have the Monday night game, the Vikings at the Giants. <laughs> it's a great Monday night game. They really thought about that one at a time. How about the fucking this, – this has to be like the weakest Monday night game in years. These two teams have a combined record of 1-10, and, 
and they're playing primetime Monday night, the game everybody's going to watch. God damn. I feel I, I feel bad for ESPN. It's like, like the <laughs> London game where they sent uh, the Steelers and the Vikings to London to play. At least and they were, I think out, they were both 0-3. At least that turned out to be a halfway decent game, though. It did. Yeah. It did. So maybe this one will as well. I I doubt it, but uh, I I I got the Vikings. Um, they got embarrassed by Carolina last week. They're not gonna let that happen again to the with the fucking Giants. They'll beat the Giants in New York for sure. Stand I, so. I think the Giants are gonna pull this one on and get their first W of the season. They're at home. Something's gotta break. Something. If it's if it's Eli Manning's arm. If Eli Manning's armor has to break for them to get a W, it's going to happen. Uh, I just I don't I don't see them going winless, and I think I think Eli Manning's going to have a bounce back game and torch the secondary of the Vikings, and somehow they're going to find a defense downtown New York City and put them on a bus and bring <laughs> them to uh, to Meadowland Stadium or MetLife Stadium or whatever the hell it's called now. I'm going to take the Giants. Um, I know I said that earlier when we were talking about Josh Freeman that he isn't going to get a lot of wins, uh, but I also said that he might do well this week, and I think that the Vikings are going to pull this one out. And I know something's got to break with the Giants, and they're not going to lose every game this year. And this looks like a game that they should probably win, but until they win a game, I just I can't pick them. I got no faith. I gotta I gotta see it before I believe it. Um, the Vikings at least have won a damn game, and as I said before, Josh Freeman, better quarterback than uh, Castle and uh, Ponder. Not that it matters much, but it'll be enough to get him a win over whatever defense the Giants decide to bust in this week. I've said it a couple times already. The Giants are going 0-8. They're going to finish the season 8-0 <laughs> at, with an 8-8 record. Go to the and Super Bowl. Win their division. Beat, beat, and they're going to beat the the undefeated uh, Broncos at 8-8. Eight and eight. They're going to go all the way to the Super Bowl. Just They're going to do exactly what they did to the fucking Patriots the other year. And so let's, be, let's take a step ahead. back and just look at your statement that you just made. And you claimed that the Broncos are going to lose in the Super Bowl and they're going to be undefeated. But you picked the Colts to win this week. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, Chiefs then. Whatever. <laughs> Fuck it. You are a walking contradiction, my friend. All right. Yeah, so what? So so Mark took a step back. <laughs> I want to take a step forward. Let's look at the Giants' uh, last eight games. Uh, so they've got, uh, let's see here, Oakland. Well, they've got a bye in week nine, and then their last eight games are uh, Oakland. They'll w. probably win that one. Uh, Green Bay. They will certainly lose w. that one. Dallas, uh, that'll be close. Washington, they'll probably win w. that one. San Diego, they'll lose that one. Seattle, w. they'll lose. Here's the one that interests me. Week 16 at Detroit. Uh, well, they're actually, they're going to go 1-7. <laughs> <Uh-oh. laughs> oh. But still finish the season 8-8. Eight <laughs> Wow, I think they'll I think they'll take the one against Dallas and probably the one against Oakland. I'll say two and fourteen, maybe one against Washington, so three yeah. and 
13. Yeah, that's what I see happening is uh, one of the Washington games, Oakland-Dallas. For some reason, they always that division always dumbs down to the weaker team in divisional matchups. And it's, always, it's usually always close. I don't know why. Sometimes the same thing happens in the NFC North. And I don't know if it's just the hype of the, you know, playing a division rival or something along those lines, but it just doesn't seem right for a Tom Coughlin Eli Manning team to go three and thirteen. Like that's I don't know. Like both of them have been impressive in the past, so it's just it's just so strange. They already got two rings. I mean how many teams do you see get two rings and then continue competing? Uh Patriots. Patriots are doing it. Uh, 49ers have done it of the 90s. Like there are a lot of teams that have won consistently and just kept getting rings. And not not really. I mean, the Cowboys won what three or two in the the 90s? I think it was three. The Niners won two in the 90s. The Broncos won two in the 90s. The Giants won two in the early 2000s. The Patriots won two. And that's, I mean, you don't, you don't see them three-peating. You know, you don't, you don't see teams. It's too hard to keep skilled position players on a team after winning championships. Look at the Ravens. They probably should have never won the Super Bowl last year. But look what happened to their team after they won the Super Bowl. They got picked apart and everybody that had a ring already had a ring and wanted more money and went wherever they wanted to because they already had a ring. You know what I'm saying? So it's really hard to keep a team together that long over that large span of time and continue competing for rings. Somehow Tom Brady does it with nobodies or rookies or, like I said, nobodies every year. That's just I mean, they're, they're always a competitor. That's a t- that's just a testament to Tom Brady and that coaching staff. Like that's oh, that's just Do- ridiculous. Granted, Doacek has a smudge on his record, you know, for the whole. Uh, uh, I don't even remember what they called it. Some kind of gating or something. I don't know. <laughs> but he, he's he's got to go down as one of the greatest coaches ever. As much as I dislike the Patriots. I agree. Yeah, I hate the Patriots, but like I said earlier, I respect... Tom Brady. Oh, shit, I said that off the podcast. Okay, like I said earlier, off the podcast. Uh, I respect Tom Brady. Um, I still hate Belichick, though. What did they call that scandal? I cannot remember. Uh, Cut to the sound of uh, Mark and I both Googling at the same time. Spygate. Yeah, there we go. I knew it was some kind of gate. I was thinking, like, Watergate, but I think that was Nixon. <laughs> you think? But if you go back and look at it, somehow Belichick has something to do with it. <laughs> All right. All right, anything else think, you guys want to talk about this week? Let's see, I that think was this is going off the fucking rails right now. <laughs> That's what's happening. All right, so... What are you doing, Mark? Bill Belichick was 20 years old when Watergate happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. He had his finger in there somewhere. <laughs> oh. oh, man. It was fun. Thanks for coming on, Mark. You were fucking hell of a Thanks for having me, man. It was a good time. Yeah, it was fun as shit. Yep. Uh, well, this is the uh, this is the Sports Sportsman Podcast. I'm Ian. 
I'm Drew. And I'm Mark. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the Sports Id. Uh, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Sports Id. And our new website is thesportsid.net. And don't forget also to check out our sister blog, thecinemaid.net. Uh, thanks for listening and stuff. <laughs>